Hi, I'm George Foreman. Do you have an idea for a new product or invention? People ask me all the time, George, how do I get my idea in front of companies? How do I get a patent? What do I do next? Do you have the same questions? I'll tell you like I'll tell them all. Call my friends at InventHelp. Call InventHelp today for free information. InventHelp can submit your invention to companies who are interested in receiving new ideas. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-352-3719. That's 1-800-352-3719. Radio Influence. The future is now. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. I'm your host, Vincent Hill, coming to you, of course, from Atlanta, Georgia. I would say I'm back from my cruise that I told you about last week, but unfortunately, Hurricane Matthew had other plans. It forced me to cancel my cruise. Royal Caribbean decided they still wanted to sail. It sailed out late Friday, uh, came back Monday, but my thinking was if I paid for a four-day cruise, I want a four-day cruise. So I canceled uh, the cruise Thursday. Uh The airline canceled my trip down to Florida on Wednesday, so the other option was to drive to Miami, which was not going to work because of the evacuations. But uh, I ended up going to Gulf Shores, Alabama. Me and my son still had a great time. I enjoyed it. I was a little upset about the cruise, but hey, cruise ships will always be there. I guess I'll go at another time when it's not hurricane season so that my son can see a cruise. But... As upset as I was about that, I'm 10 times more upset about what's going on in policing. Now, I'm on vacation. It's Saturday night. My son and I are at Buffalo Wild Wings in Pensacola, Florida, watching the UFC fights, as we always do. And I get a message alert that pops up on my phone. It says, three officers shot in Palm Springs, California. I'm on vacation. I don't want to hear about this. I don't want to hear about it, period. But especially while I'm on vacation. So it turns out two officers were killed. One is still in critical condition in Palm Springs, California. The suspect had on body armor. He was armed to the T. His sole purpose was to kill these police officers. Now, for those of you that always say that Police work is routine. I've said it a hundred times. There's nothing routine about it. So these officers in Palm Springs, California, were responding to what they believed was a family disturbance. When the suspect made it clear that he would shoot any police that tried to come in the door. Imagine that. He would shoot any police that tried to come in the door. Now, the suspect's name, John Felix, was convicted of assault with a deadly weapon. Back in 2009 and 2013, charged with resisting arrest on the same street where he shot officers at this past Saturday. So let me add this up. A convicted felon in possession of a firearm with body armor, armed to the T. You cannot tell me that his only objective was to cause destruction to kill those officers. And here's something that really, really sickens me. This is from the chief of police. This is a quote 
from him from the chief of police out in Palm Springs, Chief uh, Brian Reyes, talking about one of the officers. To see her laying there with her eyes open and to witness her husband in full Riverside Sheriff's uniform kiss her on the forehead for the last time is tough. So, let me read it again so it will sink in. To see her laying there with her eyes open and to witness her husband in full Riverside Sheriff's uniform kiss her on the forehead for the last time is tough. So this means that this sheriff's deputy who was responding to what she believed was a family disturbance, again, nothing routine in police work, died on the street with her eyes open when she was shot. And to top it off, her husband, who was also a deputy, watched over his wife's dead body and kissed her on the forehead. Can you see why I'm a little upset? Can you see why this ruined my vacation just a little bit? Oh, but wait, but wait. Not only did her cu- her, her husband kiss her on the forehead, they had just had a little girl. The little girl was four months old. So here we have a four-month-old who, let's be honest, will not remember her mother, who for a year and a half went out and protected and served the community, the citizens of Palm Springs, California. She's four months old. She's not going to remember her mom outside of a picture, outside of what people tell her, because this individual, Mr. Felix, decided he wanted to kill police. So Mr. Felix was arrested without incident after tear gas was used to get him out of the house after a 12-hour standoff. And, of course, he's facing two charges of murder, attempted murder, and a bunch of other charges for the weapons that he had in his house. Now, the question is, again, since, you know, the Democratic Party and the administration are always shoving gun control down our throats, when are they going to learn that the felons, like Mr. Felix, don't go to the gun store to get their guns? Do you think that he went to a gun store to get his guns and his body armor before he shot these police? No, he didn't. He got those guns, that body armor, illegally on the streets whether it was in Palm Springs, L.A., Vegas, wherever he got it, I assure you, a convicted felon with previous assault with a deadly weapon convictions did not get his gun at a gun store legally. And if he did, if I was the families of those officers, guess who I would be suing very quickly? It would be the gun store that that gun was purchased at. But I don't even have to worry about that because I know he did not get it there. So... That's two dead officers, one injured in Palm Springs. Let's switch over to Los Angeles, where a sheriff's deputy who had been on the department for 30 years was shot and killed by an individual pretty much the same way these officers in Palm Springs were were shot. So officers get a call out in Los Angeles. Los Angeles County Sheriff Sergeant Steve Owen responds He was uh, met by this individual, that's what you want to call it, 
who shot and wounded him. And then as he lay on the floor, he stood over him and continued to fire, killing him. He didn't die instantly. He died a little while later at the hospital. So uh, imagine this for, for one second. You're shot. You're laying on the ground hurt. And then your killer stands over you and shoots you four more times. Center mass. Four more times as you're laying mortally wounded. Where you're probably going to die from that wound anyway. But your killer decides, nah, I'm going to make an example. I want to shoot you four more times, right? So after he has killed this deputy, he decides that's not good enough. He runs out the front door, tries to steal Deputy Owen's police car. A second deputy confronts him, opens fire. The shooter throws the car in reverse, strikes the patrol car, which then strikes the other deputy. But wait, there's more. He then jumps out of the cruiser, runs into a nearby home where two teenagers were inside, and he held them at gun at knife point. So now we have a kidnapping situation. We have murder and two counts of kidnapping, right? So one of the teens texts his mom, who alerts authorities. The SWAT team comes out. He was taken into custody without incident. So the shooter's name and the kidnapper's name, Trenton Trayvon Lovell. So to all those Black Lives Matter movement knuckleheads that always say, oh, if it would have been a black person, they would have shot him. Guess what? Police didn't shoot him. SWAT team came out. He was taken into custody, right? A black man. Imagine that. Not killed by police. So here is the kicker. As he's at court and the judge is reading the charges, his family, Lovell's family, is in there blowing him kisses and smiling and doing all this stuff in the face of the deputy's family, friends, other officers who just lost their loved one. They're blowing kisses and smiling like it's nothing. Now, let's look at his record. A parolee with extensive criminal history, charged with murder and the death of the officer. He is facing additional charges, attempted murder, being a felon in possession of a firearm, Two counts of robbery, false imprisonment, that's that kidnapping I talked about. This would make him eligible for the death penalty. Now, his rap sheet dates back all the way to when he was a juvenile, busted for selling marijuana. Then, of course, he wanted to step his game up. He was charged with a few counts of robbery as a juvenile. He was charged with some charges that landed him in state prison. He pleaded no contest to resisting arrest and was given a 90-day jail sentence. Months later, he was arrested on suspicion of pointing a gun at an off-duty security guard and robbing him of his wallet, cell phone, watch, and other things. This guy has served most of his adult life in prisons from Oklahoma, Arizona, and various prisons in California. Now... Here we are again, felon in possession of a weapon. Now, to the administration who keeps, again, preaching gun control, and that's going to solve all of our problems, explain to me 
Better yet, explain to Deputy Owen's family how this convicted felon got his hands on a weapon. Your gun control theory, your gun control rhetoric does not prevent felons from getting guns. Now, let me go a little bit further into this and talk about his family, uh, Lavelle's family, who was at the trial, at the sentencing, I'm sorry, the prelim, uh, blowing kisses and smiling. Again, in the face of these deputies and the deputies' family, they were smiling like it's just, you know, no big joke. Now, let's reverse this, switch it around a little bit, and let's just say, let's just say that police, when they responded and shots were fired, let's just say that he missed this deputy. And then that that deputy shot Trenton Trayvon Lovell. Where would we be at right now in Los Angeles, California? I can tell you, Black Lives Matter movement would be there. President Obama would have given a speech by now. He would have also ordered the Department of Justice to investigate the racial, systemic, racist system that is the LAPD. Hillary Clinton would have made a statement about it. She would have said, here we are again, adding another name to the long list of black males killed by white police officers in this country. And it has to stop because police are domestic terrorists. That's what she said in the past. She's called police terrorists. But here we are. I haven't heard from President Obama in the last week when all of these police officers have been killed. I haven't heard from Hillary Clinton on her campaign trail after these officers have been killed in the last week. But I assure you, if the tables were turned and LAPD, LA Sheriff's Office, would have shot and killed, not even shot and killed, just shot, Trenton Trayvon Lovell, a convicted felon who had a gun, who shouldn't have had a gun, who had no right to have a gun, who cannot possess a gun, who pointed a gun at police. Oh my God, we would be in a riot right now. The likes of Rodney King since 1991. That's where we would be because the, the federally funded Black Lives Matter movement would take their private planes out there, their private jets, and they would set up and they would disrupt the society, disrupt the e-commerce of Los Angeles, California. And then we would see Trenton Trayvon Lovell with a nice smiley picture with his kids or in his Easter suit and his mom saying, he didn't do nothing to nobody. He was a good boy. This is what we would see. So why, why don't we see that for this officer? Why don't we see it for Sergeant Steve Owen, who for 30 years, in the city of Los Angeles, protected and served. And guess what? He was a volunteer coach, football coach in the inner city. So I'm guessing now I'm guessing I don't want to stereotype, but I'm guessing in that 30 years and while being a volunteer volunteer now, which means he did it at his own free will on his own time for free. I'm guessing he came in contact with some African-American males, you know, the same males that 
Hillary Clinton and President Obama say he targets to destroy and to kill, right? Why are we not seeing protest about that? And, and I got to tell you, this must have been a, a, a great deputy because reports say that even people that he arrested back in the day came by the station to pay their respects. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb again. Uh, I'm just guessing that in 29 plus years, he arrested a few black people. So you mean to tell me that this guy who's this racist individual, right? According to our current administration, left such an impact on people that even the people he arrested came to pay their respect. But where is the presidential speech about that? Where is Hillary Clinton saying anything about that? She's not because it doesn't fit her agenda. It doesn't fit Obama's agenda to divide the country, to cause riots wherever this happens. And believe you me, these riots, these protests are political. And I'll get into that as we go along. But first, I want to talk about Chicago for a minute. So the city of Chicago, which is uh, dang near at 600 murders this year, the city of Chicago, the Chicago Police Department, pressured by a U.S. Justice Department investigation and public outrage over police misconduct, has unveiled proposed policy changes aimed at cutting down on the kinds of controversial uses of force that have plagued the city. Okay, so what is controversial use of force? Again, everybody wants this kindler, gentler police department that only says, sir, please drop the gun. Sir, please don't make me shoot you. Sir, please don't make me tase you. Sir, I know you're not complying. I know you're fighting me, but please, sir, we are having new changes to the police department to appease you. So the new proposal says that it wants to look at when police can actually shoot at a fleeing felon. And they want to go with unless the person poses an immediate threat. Well, not the Buster Bubble City of Chicago, but that's already been documented and uh, approved by the U.S. Supreme Court. It's always been that way when dealing with a fleeing felon. You can't just be running down the street and just say, oh, he's fleeing. I'm going to shoot him. There's always been eight steps that officers had to go through before they could shoot a fleeing felon. Now, I don't know what that's going to do to appease the community. Now, the one of the other parts of this proposal is that officers can only use their taser three times, which means they can only shock someone three times. So it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So then they're saying officers have to go to a different tactic. Well, let me add this up. Now, I, I've been out of policing for a while, but I still kind of remember the use of force. You know, the taser is one of those things that is right up there, right before deadly force. Now, can you go to it at any time, unlike deadly force? Yes, in most cases. But typically, 
the taser is used to incapacitate the suspect long enough to get them to comply and to get them in custody. Now, usually when people get shot, they usually drop. Now, I've seen cases where people have been high on PCP or other narcotics where tasers didn't work. And guess what? The next level of force is if they're still fighting, if they're resisting, if they pose an immediate threat of imminent bodily injury or death. Guess what the next level of force usually is? Deadly force. So now Chicago is saying, oh, the tasers don't work. Put the taser away and try something else. Okay, okay, I know. I'll try my ass baton. I'm going to hit him in the leg. and I'm going to hit him in all the approved strike points until he complies. Well, if he just took 30,000 volts of electricity and it didn't phase him, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that the ass baton will not phase him. Oh, 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 I know. I'll pepper spray him and I'll spray him in the eyes and he'll immediately just go blind and wrong. I've been there. I've sprayed people under the influence of narcotics with pepper spray in the eyes. And they just looked at me like I was crazy and it had no effect on them. So what exactly is the city of Chicago proposing they do Besides, give the suspect the upper hand. Oh, sir, I, I, I won't tase you because if it doesn't work the third time, I'm going to have to take a second to reholster my taser, meaning you have a second to come back at me before I can try something else. While I pull out my ass baton, which will take another second, and I have to deploy it, which will take a half a second, and sir, in that second and a half, you could have reapproached me or reengaged or pulled out a gun or a knife and killed me. Oh, wait, 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 sir. Wait. Let me reholster. Please, sir. Wait. I want to appease you. Please let me reholster and get my pepper spray. And if I happen to miss spraying you, and let's just say there's a backwind that blows the pepper spray back in my face, then now I'm blinded, sir, and now you can either beat me to death or take my gun and shoot and kill me. Oh, or you can take my gun, shoot and kill me, and then go shoot and kill someone else because we got to propose new police tactics in the city of Chicago. But I, I know, I know, Vince, you're just talking crazy. It would never happen, right? It would never, ever, ever happen. Now, that article about... Uh, the police reform and the tactics reform came out on October the 8th. Now, on October the 7th, guess what happened in the city of Chicago? But don't take my word for it. I want to read it. This is from the Chicago Tribune. Chicago's top cop said Thursday one of his officers was seriously beaten at an accident scene because the national focus on police shootings has caused officers to second-guess themselves. Superintendent Eddie Johnson said that the patrol officer told him she did not use her gun to defend herself for fear of backlash. Quote, she didn't want her family or the department to go through the scrutiny the next day on national news. Hmm. 
the officer, a 17-year-old Chicago police veteran, got into a struggle with the man who allegedly was high on PCP after she stopped him at a crash scene in the Austin community on the west side Wednesday morning. Wait a minute. PCP? Well, what? Didn't, didn't I just say that, like, a second ago? PCP? And how p- people don't feel stuff when they're on C- uh, PCP? What? No. I, I, I can't be right, right? So, here's what the chief said. As I was at the hospital last night visiting with her, she looked at me and said she thought she was going to die. And she knew that she should shoot this guy but she chose not to because she didn't want scrutiny the next day on the national news. Huh. The officer could have lost her life last night, the superintendent said. She's hospitalized right now, but she still has the spirit and bravery these officers and firefighters display every day. Hmm. Really? Wow. So let me tell you what happened. There's a traffic accident. Car hits a building. The officer responds. Guess what the guy in the car does? Beats her pretty bad. Not only does he beat her, he repeatedly slams her head into the concrete until she's passed out unconscious. Her partner, who was there, was trying to restrain him by pulling him off But again, PCP, you don't really feel anything. So two officers, two officers would have been within their right to shoot and kill this individual who was causing, I've said it before, wait for it, imminent bodily injury or death. Because let's just be honest, you get your head rammed into the concrete a few times, there's a chance you could die. Now, her partner would have been well within his right to shoot and kill that individual. But they didn't because they didn't want to be the next YouTube sensation, right? Because we know that anytime a police officer gets out of their car, there's someone videotaping it, right? So there was probably some sick individual videotaping this officer getting, getting beaten to a pulp, getting her head rammed into the concrete they were probably cheering it on. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few days it's on World Star and it's just this uh, uh, viral sensation that's got like two million hits and people are just cheering this on. But I said this a year ago, and I'll say it again. The state of policing right now is so strained because of all of this crap going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and the administration, God forbid, God forbid you're a white officer that has to use deadly force and then they want to send the Department of Justice down there and call you a racist and not know anything about your background, not know that, hell, maybe, just maybe you're married to a black person, maybe, just maybe you go to church with black people, maybe, Just maybe you have black people in your family, but they all automatically want to call you a racist because you were forced into using deadly force. Now, here we go again. Just like I said about 
Lavelle over in L.A. who shot and killed Deputy Owen. Had this gone down any other way in the city of Chicago, right now we would be having protests. But let's forget about the other 550 people that have been killed by people that look just like them in the city of Chicago. God forbid this female officer, black, white, or whatever she is, would have had to use deadly force. God forbid that her partner, black, white, or whatever he is, I really don't care, would have used deadly force. Then here we go again. The Department of Justice has already investigated the city of Chicago. They still have an open investigation. They just would have added this to their case to say that, oh, wait for it, systemic racism that plagues the black community, right? Right? So it's okay if police get shot and killed. It's okay if they get beaten to a pulp. It's okay if people want to just disobey authority, here's how that easily could have gone different in Chicago. Oh, sir, you had an accident. Do you need medical attention? I'm here to help. Well, yes, officer, I need medical attention. Please assist. Please protect and serve me. But no, what does he do? He gets out of his car and he assaults and really tries to kill this officer. But nobody has a problem with that, right? Is our society not a little sick that nobody has a problem with that? That the president right now is not writing a speech about the three dead officers in the last week? And I'm sure there's more, but I've mentioned three. But God forbid, if Mr. Lovell would have died, God forbid, if this guy in Chicago would have died, if I had a son, he'd look like uh, Trevon Lovell. I had a son, he'd look like this, officer, this, this guy that beat the police officer before he was shot and killed. The shooting of him was unjustified, and it has to stop. And a vote for Hillary Clinton will make this stop. And not voting for Hillary Clinton, you would offend me. Well, Mr. President, truthfully, you haven't done crap for the black community in the last eight years. You haven't done anything, unless you're a black gay or lesbian or a black transgender or a black Syrian refugee, which I know we don't have any of those. You haven't done anything for the black community besides spark divisiveness by throwing out names to help you get reelected. And then we haven't heard from you. And then to help you try to get Hillary in the office. And then we won't hear from her for the next four years about all of this Black Lives Matter crap that you've been spewing down our throats. Oh, and, and one other thing that you happen to do for the black community, President Obama, is make sure that there's riots and destruction across the country in the name of political awareness, right? That's what you said. But it's ironic that you have ties yourself to an organization that was really prominent in the late 60s and early 70s that most people called terrorists. And they were a bunch of left-wing Democrats that went around bombing, looting, rioting. You know, the stuff we see right now going on, and a lot of it in your own city of Chicago. 
But I know people are like, Vince, how are you saying that President Obama has ties to a former former terrorist organization? Well, if you haven't heard of them, they, they were called uh, the, the Weatherman Organization. Look them up. I'm not making this up. Look them up. Uh, they were known as the Weatherman Organization, and they were really prominent in like 68, 69, 70 in, in those years. So what's, what's ironic is that all four former members that were documented terrorists by the FBI worked at an organization called Movement for a Democratic Society. That organization was the parent to another one called Progressives for Obama. They raised funds for Obama. They promoted his candidacy and helped him recruit activists to support him. So now let's look back. 6970. I wasn't quite here yet, but I've read, I've watched documentaries. These guys, the Weatherman organization, were pretty much the same as the BLM as far as their agendas and how they got their point across riots, protest, all of this other stuff in the name of political agenda. The only thing that we haven't seen from BLM that these guys did was bombings, but let's look what we have seen buildings being burnt to the ground, rocks, bottles being thrown at police, the call for police to be killed. This is what the Weatherman organization did too. And it's ironic that they support the man that is the president of the United States, but seems to only mention things to fit his political agenda when it has to do with black Americans, right? So sure, President Obama cares about the black community. Sure, he's done a lot for the black community. The only thing you've done for the black community is make things worse for the last eight years. If you can show me one thing that President Obama has done for the black community, one thing, because I still drive around towns and I still see projects. I still see poverty. I still see high crime rates. I still see unemployment. I still see school dropout rates in the black community. I still see 15 people getting shot and killed in the city of Chicago daily. Black people. What has the president done for this country? And where are the speeches for those dead officers killed in Los Angeles and Palm Springs, California. Where are the speeches? If I had an officer friend, he would look like Officer Owen. Where is your compassion for the husband who kissed his wife while she lay on the ground dead with her eyes open? Where is your speech for that? But again, God forbid it would have went the other way. God forbid that in the city of Chicago, the officer that will probably need reconstructive facial surgery. God forbid it would have went the other way. 
you would have your speech ready. You would have your goons go into Chicago again. Hillary Clinton would be using this to get more votes. But nobody seems to want to tackle the real problem in this country. Crime control. Crime control. It's just like pests. You know, you call Orkin out. They spray this stuff. Mysteriously, the pests, they go away, right? We haven't had any Orkin in this country when it comes to crime. Now, I'm not saying going around and just spray everybody, but let's focus on the real issue. Crime. How do we prevent it? How do we reduce it? Because we'll never prevent it. It's been going on since biblical days. But how do we prevent it? If we want to preach gun control, let's focus on the gun control where it's needed in the inner cities. But I know Hillary Clinton likes to use that. She likes to say that, you know, there's a gun control, gun violence problem in this country. But yet she still spins it around and points the finger at the terrorist police like they put the guns in the inner city. No, let's be honest. The Democrats put the guns in the inner cities. Let's be honest about it. There's not anybody in the projects of Chicago that are manufacturing guns. There's not a person in the projects in the city of Chicago that is bringing cocaine into the country. See, we can solve all of these problems if we can find a man like Saddam Hussein in a cave in the middle of nowhere. We can solve these problems. We have the equipment. We have the personnel. We have the technology. But if we solve these problems, people like the prisons that fund Hillary Clinton won't have jobs. See, this is bigger than just the city of Chicago and the crime rate that goes on there or Baltimore or Ferguson or all of these other places. Did you hear what I just said? If we stop the crime problem, if we stop the drug problem, the prisons, and again, don't take my word for it. Look it up for yourself. The prisons that help fund Hillary Clinton's campaign, who would they have to lock up? If the city of Chicago right now put all their guns down and everyone stopped selling drugs and stopped doing crime, who would they have to lock up to make an average of $60,000 per person per year? And that's on the low end. It's a multi billion dollar business and it has nothing to do with black votes it has nothing to do with black lives matter it has to do with people's pockets but the sad part is the administration has everyone so fooled that they don't see it they have no idea what's going on right under their noses the main person that is asking you I need your vote. I'm with her. Stronger together and all that other crap could care less 
as long as you keep going to prison so her pockets can continue to get fat. Anyway, I'm, I'm just about out of time and I, I want to take this time to do my roll call. And I, I think it's only fitting this week that I call all the names of those three officers I mentioned during this show killed in the line of duty, doing what they swore to do, what they loved to do, what they gave up a lot to do. And trust me, you give up a lot when you do the job of policing. You give up friends. You give up family. You give up relationships. Trust me, I know I've done it. Tonight, I pay tribute to Officer Jose Gil Vega, a 35-year veteran, Palm Springs, California. Officer Leslie Zerbini, one-and-a-half-year veteran, Palm Springs, California, mother of a four-month-old, shot and killed with her eyes open. Her husband kissed her on the forehead. That will be the last memory he has of his wife. And to Sergeant Steve Owen, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, shot and killed, not only shot, but stood over and shot four times. These officers died doing what they love. I assure you they loved that job. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. Owen wouldn't have done it for 29 years. Vega wouldn't have done it for 35 years. And I'm sure Leslie planned on doing it for that long as well. I thank them for their service. My prayers to their family. Godspeed to you. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank my friends at Invent Help. I want to thank Radio Influence for having me on. I will see you next week, same time, same place, RadioInfluence.com. Thank you. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. Radio Influence brings you the best in digital media broadcasting. When it comes to sports, we've got experts like national sports radio host Rich Herrera, the fabulous sports babe, former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy, and former Bellator matchmaker Sam Kaplan. Want a good laugh? Then go on the beach with Pants and Roller Girl, or just LOL with Nancy Alexander. And when it comes to real life, Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger and Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill will make you think. When it comes to what you want, Radio Influence has you covered. Find our programming on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.